The sponsor of our show today is CNE Wildlife. CNE Wildlife partnered up with North American Deer Talk. We're incredibly grateful for that. If you get a, a chance or an opportunity, say thank you to them. And the reason is really simple. They have 30 years of commitment to all natural probiotics. This commitment's really a passion for them. And they've established that through university research at Texas Tech. Whether that be their fawn paste, their top score product, their show choice, farm pack, all the various products they have, they really provide a service and a set of products that helps your herd thrive. Give Sadie a call over there at CNE and uh, order up some good stuff. We think you'll like it. We know we do. We've been uh, product users for almost 15 years now. Um, we feel it's the best around. So get you some CNE wildlife today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 56. We have Dan Jennings back in our virtual studio. Dan, what's going on? How you doing, Josh? Good to be back. Yeah, episode likewise. 56. Huh? 56, we're cranking away. Yeah. So, what episode was I the last one? Oh, that? that's a great question. So Dan, uh, Dan was on before. I will uh, link that right into the uh the pinned video section up above so you'll see that pop up right here at this uh on on this particular part of the video but i wanted to get you back on we had a great uh great little uh conversation before we talked about some of your origins in the the deer world and we're gonna we're gonna follow up on those but i want to take like a a little bit different view and like like i said we were we were talking offline um and and I I want to have a I want to have a conversation about how we look at how the deer farming world interacts with the uh, deer ranch world or the ranching side of things um, through hunting, and and ultimately I think that's going to bring us to to land conservation. So um, this is this is for I think this is mostly for folks and, and and again like these are these are concepts like i'm working out in my head and and i i know you are as well and we've we've had these offline and i thought it'd be good to to try to work through these recorded so like there's no right or wrong answers right like we're we're still feeling all this stuff out but this is this is an idea that i think is really important to like our industry as a whole and and it's something that we we should discuss and try to get you know, input from other people and, and also, you know, provide some uh, perspective to folks about how they, how they discuss their businesses with, with people. And um, mostly it's, it's outsiders on the, on the public side of thing, not, not how we interact with each other. Right. Cause like we got deer lingo and people talk at shows and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, the, the general public, the regulators, the legislators, um, because I think, I think our industry does have some stigmas and, and like, I don't see them on my end. I see something, a very ethical and, and moral thing to do. And I think it's right. And I think it's just, and, um, I think that we just have to do a better job talking about it. So hopefully you're up for that conversation today. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, you know, on, on the other side of things, you know, some of the, the areas that I don't think that, that you would typically go to is, is like some of the outdoor shows where, where, you know, our ranches are, are 
you know, alongside free range ranches and, and foreign ranches, ranches that aren't even in this country, uh, you know, you get all sorts of different aspects and you get to hear different opinions and different uh, ideas and you see how different operations run all over the world. You know, uh, right. you go to Dallas Safari Club or um, the SCI show or the NPA has got a great show. The uh, the uh, outdoor expo. Right. What, uh, that's it's a huge the, show. It's like nine, the, nine great American. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The great American outdoor show. It's like one of the biggest like it's yeah. one of the biggest shows. Too. Yeah, it's it's nine days long. You typically can't get through it in two days. You know, it, it's uh, so you get to see a lot of the you know, you get to hear, see. Uh, be a part of witness, whatever you want to call it. Um, the many, many different aspects in the, in the outdoor world, you know, it's not just hunting, obviously there's fishing and ATVs and equipment and things like that. But, uh, so yeah, I understand, you know, what you're saying, you know, there's a lot of comments over the years have been made, you know, that canned hunting and, 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 sure. and, and, and words, you know, but, uh, fish in, fish in a barrel, right? Yeah. Fish in a barrel. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've been to a lot of stocked ponds that have been a real hard time. <laughs> you know, it's, what, what, what is it about the white-tailed deer that uh, elicits so, so much emotion from, from people? Um, like I look at, I look at all of us on a, on a big sense. Right. And like, we're all hunters. Well, I think statistically, like, we're all hunters. Right. All well, statistically, us. I think it's proven that the white-tailed deer is the, is, is second to none other than the home dog as far as the most passionate animals in the world. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I forget who told me that somebody told me that I think it's, I, I, I mean, I think it's, that's a good stat. It is, you know, it, it's the most, uh, oh God, I wish I could remember it exactly. I'll, I'll try to look it up and maybe we can, we can, yeah, we'll it. throw it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, um, you didn't know it. You were going to walk away with homework from a, podcast <laughs> well if anybody knows you we're all walking away with home oh easy <laughs> um so i i uh i i think what we can do is maybe start um start like kind of like why did we why did we start our farms right like like talk about you know maybe some of our experiences as kids and like how that how that um you know, evolved into something else. Uh, you mind sharing some of your stories? Oh, not at all. I mean, I, I have had a love for the outdoors since I was really little. I mean, even, you know, watching on TV, um, well, what was that cartoon where, uh, Elmer Fudd was always trying to shoot the rabbit or whatever, you know, yeah. or, uh, you know, I've always liked hunting and being outdoors and cowboys and Indians and, and whatever it was. So, uh, being in the Northeast, you know, our number one big game animal is white-tailed deer. You know, we've got black bear and different things like that. But the, and honestly, I, I got a thing for antlers. I just, I really like <laughs> antlers. I think yeah. they're very cool. Uh, I like how they change. I like how they typically get bigger from year to year. Uh, and it's, it's fun to watch them grow. And, uh, and then they fall off and they grow again. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it's it's uh, it's watching these animals mature. It's watching their habits, um, you know, watching their antlers and being able to go shed hunting and being able to try to scout for deer and, you know, running trail cameras. I remember when I was a kid when trail cameras first came out, you know, I had to get the 35 millimeter film and 
you know, I'd run to Wal. I'd, I'd like beg my parents to take me to Walmart to go get it developed, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things that was, that was, uh, was really exciting for me. And, and, uh, and, you know, I was introduced to the world of deer farming through you, um, many, many years ago. And, and it's just led to, uh, it's, it's led to, to, you know, a large breeding operation as well as, uh, as an outfitting, you know, ranching business. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, if we start from that, if we start from that place where like, we just accept that, um, you know, conservation, um, you can use all sorts of different terms, right. Um, conservation, like I I will, I will uh, fight till my dying days to say that, um, hunters and outdoorsmen are the greatest conservationists that have ever lived. There's just no doubt in my mind that um, all of us have a, a deep care for, um, for the land and for the animals. And, and that um, I, I don't, it, it's something primal for sure that like you mentioned antlers and like liking them a bunch. Right. And, and just watching animals develop, um, you know, out, out from your youth and, and that kind of thing. And like, it's, that's certainly something that's coded into our DNA. There's just no, there's no other way to explain it. At least I, I, I can't, right. Like, and I, if, if, if we think about, you know, our people, our ancestors from, you know, tens of thousands of years, years ago, like there's just no question that they were hunters. Like that's what they did to live. Right. And like the, you you can't deny not not hunting uh is a new thing like i heard uh steven ranella say that he's like he was he was talking to uh he's talking to that vegan it's a pretty famous youtube clip you could just type in steven ranella vegan and like um he was just basically like look for seventy five thousand years you know humans have hunted that was our existence that's how we sustained ourselves. and just up until a few hundred years ago at most, um, that's changed. So to not hunt is, is odd. Right. And so like, when you like, I'm not giving it up, right. Like you're, you're not taking that away from me. And like, that's, that's a part of, of who I am. And, um, when you start thinking about that, like that, from that kind of first principles perspective to have a conversation, like we are all hunters, right. Like, and we have this, this care for the, for the, um, for the land and the animals, like I was saying, it's interesting to, to hear, you know, your story and then that transition into the the deer farming world, you know, what, what, um, what do you think that was? Like, did it, did it kind of click for you right away? Um, like when you kind of found out that was a thing, like, was there time to develop that? Or was it kind of like, this is cool, right? Like I want in. I think it was almost instantaneous. Like, this is real. Like, you you could do this. Like, and then that's followed up by you know point zero zero one of a second of I'm in. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's one of those things that you know you you realize that you can do something. Um, your instinct just kind of takes over and says I'm I'm, yeah I'm in. Uh, I had know. that same experience. Like that was exactly yeah. how it happened for me. Yeah. No, no, nobody had to like talk me into like, you know, you, sh- you should do this or like, this yeah. is a smart thing to do because uh, it's just one of those things that I saw it. I looked at it for like two seconds. I'm like, yeah. this, this is something, whether 
you know, and there was whether, whether I had, no, I didn't know at the time whether I was going to make money or whether I was going to lose money. I, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted yeah. to experience it. I, I wanted to, to, to fill, to fill the, uh, I wouldn't say it's a void because there wasn't a void there, but it was, it was uh, a pleasure, you know, it was mm-hmm. a love. And it's hard to, it's hard to explain, you know, that, that initial, and I, I was just curious how, how your initial reaction was. Cause I, I, again, I shared that, that same thing. And like, it's just like, you can't, you just can't get enough white-tailed deer, right? Like you just, it's, it's not, it's not like hunting season's not as fulfilling as you need it to be. And like, you want to experience it more. And like, it's like, it, I mean, it was just like you said, it's like, boom, yes, yes. I want to do this. Um, I mean, I would even go further and say that being involved in the deer farming industry has elevated my love of the whitetail deer. Mm. I don't think, I don't think, you know, I mean, had I not known about the industry or known about, um, you know, deer farming and whatever, you know, I'd still be hunting. I'd still be, um, but I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be hunting at the level that I hunt now. You know, I'm a pretty big hunter still. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I've, that I do that because I've been around it. I want to do it more. And I know that that to most people, it probably sounds crazy. Like, you know, you're, you're around deer every single day, you're with deer, you know, and why, why would you, why would you want to continue hunting? I'd say that that's exactly why I hunt more because I I fall more and more in love with it. And, and it's just an experience. It's like, it's not an addiction. It's just something I really, yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, I, admit, it's, I guess like recovery you gotta admit it first right i don't want to admit it yet. <laughs> yeah no it's it's certainly an addiction well it's a it's a lifestyle right like there's no doubt it's a lifestyle um and there's various forms of it but but for sure it's it's something that you you take on wholeheartedly um tell me i i know that you have kind of an interesting uh, story from you know that kind of inception spark of of wanting to be a deer farmer and then being a deer farmer um but that that ultimately led you uh into the outfitting business talk, talk about talk about that um that kind of you know i guess entry entry level deer farming stuff and then that that transition into the outfitting business like kind of what brought that on and you know how you feel about that today um well, I mean, the, the, the deer farming, you know, uh, when I was a breeder, before I got into the outfitting, you know, I, I was um, buying, trying to build a product that would fit well into, you know, the, the hunting ranches, you know, you know, from our conversations, I, I like, you know, a typical mainframe deer. I'm not 100% opposed to some kickers and stickers here and there, but for the most part, I'm just trying to build a, the traditional the traditional, you know, white-tailed deer. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when when I went from a very small operation, well, what did I start with nine nine does or something like that, you know, and then built it into into the hundreds and was you know selling off here and there, but still trying to build, trying to uh, build some new lines, having some fun, um, and then I always knew that I wanted to get into the outfitting business or, or own a ranch, uh, manage, you know, and I've, I've managed other ranches in the meantime, but, uh, then the opportunity came for us to, to buy, 
the piece of property where where we are now um so you know that just kind of uh it sped things up for us mm. um <clears throat> so we we bought the the property and and you know immediately i said to myself is is uh it was hard it's hard transitioning i think from uh, a deer farmer into an outfitter because you go from trying to build a product at a price point that you can sell to an outfitter and leave you know uh margin in it for them just like just like any other business you build a product if you know if you're if you're not the the end seller you need to leave some 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 room in it um so when you start transitioning to being an outfitter and charging you know instinctively i think you want to be like oh well this is what i sell these deer for this is what and then you realize whoa I've got a lot of money and a lot of effort tied into making this happen. Um, you know, I, I've joked around with people before, you know, they go to the shows and they say, you know, $10,000 for a, for a, a three day hunt. And I'm like, no, you're, you're not paying for those three days. You're paying for the 362 days that we worked and, and built getting you to your three day hunt. You know, there's, there's so much that goes into it that people don't see. And that's, you know, when you get the, you know, if this goes back to what you're saying, you know, people saying it's a canned hunt or it's a shooting fish in a barrel. That's, that's so far from the truth in our operation. We spend countless hours and, and time, money, material, blood, sweat, and tears, literal blood, sweat, and tears, you know, getting to the point, um, to, to offer, you know, these hunts, uh, you know, planting food plots, getting tree stands ready, building, you know, making sure that your lodge and your accommodations are set, making sure that your vehicles are running. There's nothing worse than, you know, having, you know, putting your hunter in a vehicle, heading out to the field and it's broke, breaks down, you know, uh, there's a lot that, that goes into it that I don't think people really even think about. So it's, it's a hard transition to make uh when you're selling your your deer your, your breeder deer that are going to the shooter market uh versus selling a hunt uh to the consumer gotcha um so what um like what was you this yeah sure you're on the you're on the other you know you're you're primarily a deer breeder so, I mean, I am a deer you, breeder. Yes. What do you perceive your role uh, in as a deer in, this, in the deer industry or as a deer breeder is? Yeah, my, um, my, my thoughts on that continue to evolve. Um, you know, for a long time, I thought that my role was to uh, interact with other deer farms. And what I failed to identify is that the only reason that my operation exists is because of the hunting market and, and how I interact with that. So that became my primary focus. And it doesn't mean that the products that I produce can't be um, sold or, or marketed to uh, other people that do what I do. Um, it's just that that's not the, that's not the, 
the uh, base of, of how I approach my, my business. So my goal is to uh, provide a product to a piece of property that ultimately will improve the overall experience and the economics that that particular piece of property can make, which allows them to um, provide a service for others. And that ends up being, that ends up being hunting. So when I have conversations with uh, ranch owners, it, it's, it's usually, I, I try to ask them about the type of properties they have, their environments, um, you know, how they have their, their property set up, how they manage their herds. And then, um, you know, like what their hunters want, right? Because like each, each hunter has a different, um, you know, a different goal in what they would like to experience when they go on a hunt. And there's so many different types of hunts. And we'll just kind of put that in a, in a whitetail box for now. But like, you know, do you have bow hunters? Do you have guys that want to spend, you know, literally like, 30 hours a week for a couple of weeks sitting in a stand waiting for particular deer that they've scouted, um, you know, for, for a summer, do you have, you know, uh, meat hunters that want to come in and they want to, they want to shoot a couple of does and stock their freezer and, you know, also maybe harvest a management buck or something like that. So my interaction and conversation with, uh, the ranch owner is based on his experiences with his hunters and his clientele. And then we try to, we try to, because like what I can do best at my place is breed deer. So I have very specific goals that I like to set for myself in this, in this, um, in this operation that I have this breeding operation that ultimately at the end of the day, all my hard work over the years is then put into a bred female or a, um, a, uh, younger buck that has genetic potential to, you know, change the dynamics of the, the genetics on that, that herd's property. So that's my interaction with those ranches. And I, I think that's, it's really key to look at like, what is the difference between like, cause we're like at, from just from a purely farmer standpoint, like what is the difference between what I do and raising cows? Well, our end market's different. Yes. We have a high quality um, you know, animal that provides excellent meat, good carcass, you know, all that, like that's, that's traditional farming and ranching, right? We have an animal that provides a lot of additional value because it can be hunted. Nobody's, nobody's paying to, to hunt cows, right? Like people don't do that. The white-tailed deer is I mean, I think, special. I, I mean, the thing that comes to mind here is, 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 uh, is, is value, right? You're, you're building value that can be put on a property that increases the value of that property. I like that. I mean, it, think of, uh, of uh, a hunting lease, you know, hunting leases, people that, that do their hunting leases out in Ohio or wherever it may be, whether if you've got better deer, bigger deer or mm. deer that it doesn't have to be bigger or better. It could just be deer that people like. I mean, there's different flavors, right? Mm -hmm. If you have that on these properties, they will make that property more valuable. So, I I don't know any hunters that don't want to shoot a big buck when they go hunting, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, I, you know, you get some of those old timers that are like, 
I need the little one because I got to drag it out of the woods. You know, they just, <laughs> it's sure. like you and I both know you got a grandson that's going to drag a big one out for you. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, no, nobody, like, not that like people are trophy hunting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's not anybody that wouldn't want to harvest a big buck, right? Is there anybody that wouldn't want to have waterfront property on their, wouldn't want waterfront property? It's kind of, it's almost the same thing, right? Yeah. Yep, for I mean, sure. I, I actually would prefer a better deer populated property than one with a small lake on it. Mm. You know, so I, I kind of look at I kind of look at things like that, and and that's how we look at things on our property as well, right? At the end of the day, it's a property that you own, and you want to be proud of it. So you want to have nice facilities, you want to have nice pastures, you want to have good production. You know, some of our land is used for hay and crop production and stuff. You know, and and you know we want that to be good. Right. So having having everything, um, you know, caring about it and having good uh, a good deer. And obviously, we're in the business, so I don't want to like get this confusing or whatever. But it adds value to our property as a whole. It, it's not just deer on a piece of property that you can go hunt. You know, I I think that it has more. There's more to it than that right um so when you um and i guess i'll i'll ask you because you're in the outfitting business um you know what do you what are you looking for from uh, a deer farm if you're going to interact with them um similar goals right uh you know if we're if we're looking for um, you know, something that we want to introduce to our property, then you know, I think it has to be along the same lines of what we're already working on, you know, is, is what are their, what are their practices? What are their standards? What are their, um, how are they breeding? Um, and do they care? Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't personally, I'm not looking for somebody that's just going to add some deer to our property and drive away. You know, right. I'd rather have somebody that is along with the program, you know, they kind of interact with us, see what we're going on. You know, we're, we're both working together to, to, to achieve the ultimate goal. Um, your next question is probably going to be, well, what is that ultimate goal? I think we're always going to be working on it. You know, we're always going to be trying to make things, make things better, try to, to give our, our, our clients and end user. I mean, you know, you're trying to provide us the best product that you can year after year after year. And we're trying to provide our clients the best product that they can have year after year after year. So, you know, we each have to keep, um, we each have to keep moving uh, onwards and upwards. So, you know, I'd be looking for somebody that's along the same, the same uh, wavelengths as, you know. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's fair. And that makes perfect sense. Um, You know, finding somebody with, with like goals is, is always good. And if you can establish a business relationship with them, even better. Right. Um, so reliability, that's one other thing too, that I'd like to add is reliability. You you want, you want to have a relationship with people, you know, that are going to deliver because Hmm. your name is on the line, you know, your, your, your ranch, your reputation, your integrity. So if you're going to have partners or you're going to have, um, you know, business with, with people, I think you need to have the reliability. As you, as you continue to develop your property and your deer herd, um, 
do you find that more and more people and specifically uh, newer clients uh, are, are reaching out to you and it's, it's based on an experience that they'd like to have um, from a, I guess, from an overall standpoint, are you finding like people just are curious about hunting or what, what do you, what do you kind of think some of those things are? Well, I'd say we have a pretty good mix. Um, we do have a lot of uh, repeat business and referral business, which is obviously a good, uh, a good way uh, to be. Um, you know, people that were obviously providing a decent product that they want to return and they're telling their friends and family, which is adding. But I will say, and even, you know, we, we're just going through this, this COVID pandemic thing. We've had a lot of, um, brand new hunters call us, um, that are looking, um, they're looking for advice. They're looking for a mentor. They're looking for somebody to take them into the woods to show them, uh, which I think is great, uh, for us. You know, some people don't have that dad or granddad or, or mom or, or grandma or somebody that brought them into the woods or brought them hunting. They, they just don't, they don't know much about it, but they'd like to know something about it. Um, and that gives us a good opportunity. It's actually a really good opportunity for us uh, to be able to have a semi-controlled environment, right? Some of these, these newbies, I, I don't want to call them newbies. I don't know. I don't think that's the right word. Rookies or um they're just folks that are curious they're trying to get out in the woods they're trying to be closer to nature they're trying to interact and, and maybe they have some of that primal that you're talking about that they're trying to fulfill and what do they do they go and they get their hunter education and they get their license and they go and they they buy a rifle or a shotgun or a bow or whatever weapon they choose at their local sporting goods store and then first thing they do typically public land and in some cases probably you know it's not a bad thing but what happens when these folks go out there and they do you know they do something they don't know that it's wrong but they go onto a property that john wayne has hunted for the last 20 years yeah. and then he just goes up one side of them and down the other you know because they're hunting and they walked in and then all of a sudden you have somebody that that wants to be in the industry or wants to be you know in the woods wants to be um you know, involved and it's a total bad experience, you know? So I think being able to provide the opportunity for some of these people to come to our ranches and give them a better experience where they can take what they learn with us on their own, I, th I think it's a good, great thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I, um, I always, I always wonder, you know, like you mentioned words like, you know, like mentor and, you know, I, I forget that everybody's family dynamic is different. Right. Because like, I, I grew up in a way where like, um, I, I had family members who did hunt and fish and that was just shared with me. Right. Um, and, and there, there's a lot of people out there that that doesn't happen and that curiosity, whatever it, maybe and why ever it happens doesn't matter but they they want something else they they want to find additional meaning and it's really cool that you guys can provide a you know a, a well-managed uh safe place for them to interact with all while providing a great experience and that mentorship that they need 
Um, so that's, that's really cool. And I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so I, I was thinking, you know, like we, we touched a little bit on the, you know, coming to those, you know, canned hunting, fish in a barrel kind of, of, uh, terms from, from, uh, folks that for whatever reason, um, either don't understand or intellectually lazy to understand, um, have ideological differences with what they think hunting should be or should not be. Um, and how do you see, or what have been your personal interactions with, um, specifically vendors, uh, within the industry, um, whether that be, you know, seed manufacturers, tractors, truck companies, whatever that is. Um, and their, um, you know, kind of take on, on, you know, hunting and, and outfitting and such and what you, what you do. Well, it's, it's, uh, I've been in this industry for quite a while now and, you know, years and years ago, 20 years ago, it was a big shoot fish in a barrel can hunts. I mean, you know, you'd go into, I, I'd go into, you know, like local deal tractor dealer or whatever. It was a John Deere dealer at the time. And, and, uh, you know, they'd be like, Oh, you're from the, the game farm, you know, you're from the, you know, the, the fence place there, mm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, I think it's, it's transitioned a lot over the years um, because they know through our interactions with them a little bit more about what our operations are like. They're not, you know, when they first, you know, they thought that like, the zoo was going to back up a trailer and turn a bunch of stuff loose and that we just go out there and shoot them. But I think over the years they've seen that they've never seen a trailer go in. They've never seen, you know, these wild and crazy things that they thought they'd see. They, you know, they, I think they realized that we're, we're in their stores and we're buying products and we're changing filters and we're buying hydraulic oil and we're, you know, fixing equipment and buying new gators and buying and, and our local dealer, I mean, it's one of the same, it's just, it's almost the same John Deere dealership. You know, they are a big fan of us. And I think part of it is because I don't want to say we won them over, but I think that they educated themselves during the process of knowing us. You know, we have things that break down and they come out, you get a flat tire in the field and they go out there and they're like, whoa, whoa, look at that deer, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, that's, you know, a two-year-old or a three-year-old deer that were, you know, and they're like, they realize that you're raising some of these animals and you're not just, just shooting stuff. You know, you're, you're trying to let them get to an age of, of maturity. And, and um, <clears throat> so they, they see that stuff over the years. And when you go into to the tractor stores and, you know, the dealerships and, and whatever, you know, they, I feel like they have a, a much different opinion about us today than they did years ago and they appreciate our business and they also appreciate what we do. I mean, they also are the first ones to come to us when they're like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to put a food plot in over at my place, you know, or my dad's place. And uh, what do you recommend? You know, they know that we're planting. They know that we're constantly looking for better feed and forage for our deer. They, they know that we're planting trees and trying new shrubs and, different things like that so we can help them and give them you know not necessarily like give them product but give them um advice give them techniques that we've been using which i think is pretty neat i think it's nice that 
it's gone from a from a and I don't want to say an industry, but they look at you like you know I don't know what I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but but uh, the, today it's a lot different because they they look at us as as uh, man I'm struggling like a like a legitimate operation like a legitimate business and they just they want to be a part of what we're doing i see right before yeah. you know they it seemed like they sold us goods because we were a customer on the other side of the counter yeah nowadays they want to know what we're doing they want to know what's new what's going on mm. what we you know they want to stop up they want to bring their kids for a four-wheeler ride to the ranch that you know to see little fawns running around or you know see the, the bucks that are growing and and um i mean they they've they've become they become family right they yeah. become part of part of our operation and they're an inner and they're a big part of our operation we can't we can't do what we do without them yeah so i think it's a it's it's changed a lot over the years uh for the better and and it's it's getting better because they're also now trying to help us uh, they like what we got going on. You know, they'll have a new implement or a new company or a new product come in. You know, the the seed companies are always talking to us. I mean, we we spend a lot of money in in, in seed, and uh, you know, hey, we got this new blend, or you know, you want to try this new plot? We'll send over a plot bag or you know, a, a test plot bag or something like that that we can that we can try. And and uh, I think they like to see um, how it does in our settings as well. So it's uh we're 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 all working together um a lot yeah that's great to hear it's um what you said you said what i thought was interesting kind of sparked a, a thought was um you know like taking the taking the ride on the four-wheeler and having a you know a look at the animals on the ranch and and interacting like that right and you know the the ranch itself can provide um, that opportunity to interact with those animals that, um, and, and the reason for that is because there's a fence, right? And that, that fence is used as a tool to manage populations in a very effective way. And, and I think that's overlooked a lot, right? And we could talk about the genetic component and those kind of management things, but like population is also another really big part of it. And um, you guys are, are, you know, able to, to manage those herds so that you do see animals and the animals that you do see are, are quality. And you, you have these um, controls that are, are not found elsewhere, right? And you can do it in such a way that it adds a ton to the experience. And I think this is why we see people so intrigued and continue to come back and, and want to bring others and share that experience with them. Um, so that's, it's, it's great to hear that, like, you have folks that like, they find a level of acceptance with um, the operation as they begin to know you and, and interact, they're educating themselves uh, through those personal interactions. And then they, they get a taste, right? And they're like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I need to see what this is all about. Wow. Right. This is not what I thought. This is not what I've been told um, by by others. Right. And so, like, that's that's awesome. And I I I can appreciate that. Well, that think about. I mean, experience. They might we, you know, those those folks. We not be we might not be uh, creating a client out of that, 
but we're creating a deer hunter. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the, they come out and they experience it. You know, they may, they may never hunt with us and that's fine, but they're going to go hunting. Yeah. Which is really cool. Right. You know, they're, so that's, that's kind of how, how we look at it and being able to, to have the, the control um, is, is nice in the aspect with all the other products, you know, if you, if you are planting stuff, you are able to have control over what the population is and what the, the, the demand is, you know, um, <clears throat> for every, you know, for everything as far, you know, as well as like your, your farming, mm-hmm. you know, what, what type of pressure, you know, your fields are getting and what sort of, um, you know, what your, what your forest and what your, I mean, <laughs> you look at like some of these areas that are getting overrun with white-tailed deer and, you know, your wife can't have a flower garden, you know, so. Yeah, they come up, they munch those tulips down to nothing. <laughs> She's pissed off. Damn deer, damn deer eating my, eating my shrubs or eating my landscaping. And, you know, you get into, you know, heavy kind of urban areas and the white-tailed deer are they, you know, they're limited hunting, um, or, you know, no hunting and, you know, the deer are getting smacked by cars like a lot. And they're just, they're, they're everywhere in these people's yards, uh, just destroying like, you know, fresh thousand dollar landscape job or, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's, yeah. I just, I just paid like $170 for a weeping cherry tree. Yep. You know, and then she's gone gone (laughs) so you know i that's you know the other thing people think that there's thousands of deer that are in this fenced in area you know that's that's so far from the truth for us at least you know that's that's not uh you know we we control we want to make sure that everything's in check we want to make sure that that you know there's the right balance we don't just want a ton of deer we want the right deer i want to explore one more topic um with you on on uh deer white-tailed deer and and hunting and and land conservation and you know i've listened to a couple other uh podcasts lately and they they were they were talking about the idea of the of the cattlemen right and they were talking about texas specifically right after the the civil war and and how texas played such a a key role in providing food beef um for the rest of the country and like working through that kind of call it uh 1870s to you know early 1900s um and then you know like we've had we've had industry and i'm gonna i'll stick on the cattle vein where um people have settled pieces of property some very vast uh out in the west and of course you know, over on the East coast, there's not a ton of like really big chunks of land anymore, uh, just because there's so many more people. Um, and I, I suspect like my specific area. So like I'm in Pennsylvania, um, within a 12 hour drive of my house, there's 70 million people, right? You're probably real close to that number too, just because of, of where you are. So, um, when you say that to somebody in the Midwest or the West, their jaw drops, unless they're from like Los Angeles. Right. Um, 
because that's a huge, like, you know, what is that? A quarter of the population of the United States lives that close to me. So like, we don't find these, these big, vast pieces of land over here um, because, you know, it's been, the area has been settled for 300, 400 years. Um, when you look at the West and you look at the, you know, the American cattlemen and what they've done with, um, you know, property and how they've sustained it. I, I'd be curious to know how you think about the whitetail deer, um, maybe specifically your ranch or, or um, ranches like yours and, and how the whitetail deer allows you to um, preserve that property or, or provide income and, and that kind of thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about it. I, I keep thinking about it and it, keep, it keeps, it, obviously it resonates with me and I, I just want to explore that more. Well, I mean, I don't know that we would be able to have the ranch without whitetail deer, you know, without, without our, without our hunting. I mean, just with, you know, we're in New York state. So with our, with our taxes and the costs of everything, um, it'd be hard to maintain this piece of property without the deer. You know, I mean, we, like I said before, we do, you know, we, we have crops and, uh, we sell, you know, crops. We've got a little, you know, a, a large dairy. I mean, let, I mean, large. I mean, they're milking thousands of head. You know, they're not a, they're not a small dairy. So, you know, we have the markets to sell our crops. We have good markets, um, but I, I don't think that that would, uh, I don't think that that alone uh, would would pay for the property. You know, or just even, I mean, the taxes. You know, it's just, it's, it's very, I mean, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to run our ranch, mm -hmm. you know, just to run our ranch. It, you know, we've got a couple ranch hands and myself and, you know, tractors and maintenance and, and things of that nature. Um, it's very expensive. Um, and obviously the taxes and input costs and whatnot, but, um, so, you know, can we do a little bit better with that? Sure. We, we can always improve. We can always be better. We can always try to utilize uh, some of our acreage a little bit better to be more profitable but uh well you know we have the deer the deer do not you know we don't have thousands and thousands of deer running around so it's not like they're eating all our crops we, our numbers are in check um, but having these high quality deer on our property allows us to offer uh hunting which brings in a substantial amount of money for us um so if it wasn't for the deer i don't think we would have the so I look at, um, I look at what you just said. And I think to myself, like, um, many times again, especially like in the North Northeast, but I suspect that, that this, this process continues to roll West is that you have these pieces of, of ground that eventually just, they get developed. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the key aspects I think of, of, um, deer ranching is that, you're able to preserve these pieces of land and you're able to do it with um, hunting, right? So, because that that revenue, number one, provides for yourself and it sounds like a few other families. Um, it also supports a ton of your local economy. So, you know, indirectly, you got 50 other families at the tractor place, at the truck place, at the, the, you know, the farm store and the feed store and the seed store, and you can go through all those different things and you touch so many components of that. Um, 
but at the end of the day, it's the, it's the hunting that provides that, that income and the experience that you built. Um, so like if, if anything, like, you know, we are the greatest land conservationists that, that are to be right. Because we've, we've taken something and, uh, we, pres we've preserved it. We want to continue to preserve it. So I think that also gives, it great. also gives people these, these places to go. Right. I mean, yes, we have public land. There's public land that everybody can go to. Yeah. But you know, it, it provides opportunities for people to go and, you know, some people be like, Oh, my, my cousin's got, you know, 30 acres on such and such a road or whatever. But then when they come to a place like us where, you know, we're in a thousand acres, they're like, Whoa, a thousand acres. I get to hunt on a thousand acres. You know, it, it's, it's a yeah. uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I'm cognizant of our, our time. We got a little late start today. Uh, anything you want to finish up on? Uh, no, no, I'm, I, I enjoy our chats as Me always. Too. You know, yeah, I want to sure in five minutes, I'll think of something we should talk about. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I know that we'll, we'll continue to have these, these concert, uh, these, um, conversations on uh, why private deer management matters because it does matter and and we have to we have to continue to um you know develop our our thoughts and our our arguments against people that um just feel that we we don't have a right to exist and i think conversations like this add a ton of uh, context and value uh to folks so i i appreciate you taking the time and, and participating with me on that yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if everything was the same, it would be terrible. So it's nice to have private deer management, private land management uh, to be able to do what we want on our land. And if some people, you know, some people really appreciate it, you know, some some people don't. But that's the greatest part of it all is it's private and we can do what we'd like. Amen to that. God bless America. <laughs> so. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We'll talk again soon. And with that, folks, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk. <laughs>